With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, Nationals fans, to episode 13 of the Curly W Live podcast. If you want to go back and listen to any past episodes, including our most recent look at the 1969 All-Star Game, head over to our blog, Curly W Live, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, or search for the podcast through iTunes by searching Curly W Live. So we are coming to you from the Curly W Live studios, which, uh, for the time being, are located at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches here in West Palm Beach, Florida. The Nationals are in their second full week of games here in West Palm Beach, and we thought it would be a great opportunity while we're down here for you to get to know some of our coaches. Uh, we hope to jump back into the All-Star Game History Podcast as well with a look at the 1962 All-Star Game uh, in the coming weeks, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, uh, this podcast will feature interviews with bench coach Chip Hale and pitching coach Derek Lilliquist. Uh, I talked to them about their careers and their lives in baseball, uh, their preparation for the 2018 season, um, how they're getting to know the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, they also talked about how they're getting to know all the players in camp um, and some of their philosophies on coaching and on the game of baseball in general. And um, both coaches told some good stories about their upbringing. And, you know, we really wanted to spend some time getting to know these coaches. And I think we did that and we had some great conversations with them. So uh, without further ado, here is episode 13 of the Curly W Live podcast featuring Chip Hale and Derek Lilliquist. Enjoy. Welcome to the Curly W Live studios here at 15 uh, Ballpark of the Palm Beaches where I am welcomed post-game by uh, bench coach Chip Hale. So Chip, uh, long day today, but I appreciate you taking some time to uh, join the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, it was long. The one thing about Florida that's been great so far is not a whole lot of long games. Mm-hmm. Been We've been about 220, 230, yeah. but today was a uh, little longer. A little bit, yeah. A lot of runs scored. So uh, we got to meet you at Winterfest, um, and we, you talked to the media, and we learned a lot about you there. So, kind of what I want to start talking about is your point from Winterfest until the start of spring training. What was your preparation for the season like coming into new organization, new coaching staff, new players? Um, what, what, what was January, February like for you? Yeah, it was looking at a lot of video, you know, when you're not around the guys, um, you're trying to familiarize as much, much as you can. And, um, I'm going to be handling the running game this Mm -hmm. year. So putting on picks and, Mm -hmm. you know, different signs we have with a catcher, I really wanted to get an idea of our staff and and how they held runners and how quick they were to the plate. Um, just so anything we needed to tighten up, Mm -hmm. you know, at start of spring training, we would. I did a lot of that, um, obviously talking to Davey and, and just trying to talk a lot of, to the other staff mm-hmm. members um, just to get to know them and what was going on mm-hmm. at their, and with their families, mm-hmm. you know, just because we are a family now exactly. here. <laughs> and uh, we have this huge extended one. Did you know any of our coaching staff before? Or did you did you work with any of them at any point in your career? Yeah, I, I knew, well, Kevin Long and I played college baseball together okay. at Arizona. Wow. Um, <laughs> he was a freshman when I was a junior. Okay. We won the national championship in 1986. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I know Kevin very well, okay. known him for years and years. Um, other than that, just the other guys all obviously met through baseball, mm-hmm. 
um, respected him mm -hmm. and just excited to work get to work with him. And you guys had a little uh, I've heard you guys had a, a weekend down here mm -hmm. in West Palm to get to know each other um, and then some time at Winterfest obviously what um, w was it a, a pretty good group to come together you know where you guys was it pretty quick that you guys kind of start to gel and, and get each other as you know uh, rhythms and and <laughs> and things like that. It, it is. It's yeah. a, it's a really good group. Uh, Davey sets a tone. He's mm -hmm. very relaxed. Uh, he wants us to have fun. He wants mm -hmm. the guys to have fun, and um, so it, it's easy. And we're all we're all very comfortable mm -hmm. in our skin. We're right. all comfortable with what we've done. We've we've done this big league coaching thing. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe Dillon's probably the newest to the coach coaching yeah. in the big leagues, mm -hmm. and he's just been great. He's been like the the little brother for us. <laughs> um, and uh, it just. You, What's interesting to me as an ex-manager, mm -hmm. uh, ex-bench coach before other places, mm -hmm. ex-third base coach, um, it's great because whenever any of us see anything, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in our department. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if we see something about pitching, we'll go to Derek. We'll go mm -hmm. to Henry. Um, if the pitching guys see something with a hitter, they'll go to Kevin and, and Joe. Mm -hmm. So we're not afraid right. to try to help each other out because the, the bottom line right. in this whole group is mm -hmm. we want to be the best coaching staff we can be exactly. which means we're going to help these kids out exactly now uh, i kind of want to take you back like you said your younger days um university of arizona but but prior to that was was it baseball for you or were you a multi-sport athlete growing up yeah okay. I, I played obviously a grown as a kid played mm -hmm. everything whatever mm -hmm. was you know back Good. in those days we didn't have you know travel That's baseball what i like to hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> we played whatever was in season and i did that whether mm -hmm. it was football um you know basketball right. wrestled in junior high school mm -hmm. Um, we, we went, ran, I grew up in California and what happened is the a proposition 13 passed and it was interesting because they took away all our sports. Wow. We got to pick one sport. So the school, the school picked wrestling. Mm. So I wrestled Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and then played high school football okay. and baseball pretty much. And then you went on to university of Arizona where you mentioned 1986, you were the co-captain of the national championship team. Right. Um, you know, that was a big year for both of us because the year I was born, <laughs> um, not to make you feel old, but, you know, it's a special year. Uh, then you right. went on to have seven, played in the big leagues for seven seasons. Um, and then you made the transition to coaching. And I kind of want to learn from you a little bit, like, you know, what got you into coaching? Were there any coaches along the way that inspired right. you to do it? Um, you know, what, what was your thinking along yeah. those lines? Well, you know, it's funny because when I went to the Uni University of Arizona, I, I just planned on getting my degree and mm -hmm. working in real estate or finance, whatever it was. I, mm -hmm. got, my, I got a degree in real estate and a degree wow. in finance. Nice. Um, and then as, as college kind of started to transpire and I, I really loved watching coach Kendall was our, Jerry okay. Kendall was our head coach and he was such a great man and a great coach. Mm -hmm. I started to think, man, I, I would love to do something okay. like this. Then got into pro ball mm -hmm. and was lucky enough to, you know, go a ball, double A, triple A, mm -hmm. the big leagues. And each coach, I would just watch, you know, right. and try to pick their brain. And, uh, I, I kind of knew, I think by the time I got to triple A that I think mm -hmm. I was going to try right. to stay in the in the game. Uh, it took a, little, like, a lot of convincing to my wife <laughs> nice. to do it because we knew we would have to go back through the minor right. leagues again. Okay. So probably then. Do you remember the first time, whether it was on the field or in the coaching ranks, that you met Davey Martinez? Uh, it was it was probably, I mean, what I remember is coaching. Okay. You know, probably the mo most uh, is when he was with Tampa with okay. Joe. Okay. And just knowing him and respecting him mm -hmm. and what they were doing over there. Right. Uh, and a lot of times people, you know, give a lot of credit to Joe Madden, which he deserves mm -hmm. a lot of it. But um, I knew Joe real well because I, I did play a spring in, in Anaheim. Okay. So I knew Joe really well. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the things that Joe gets a lot of credit for, J Davey brought, Dave, yeah. brought there. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing it here, mm -hmm. the looseness, the fun. Yeah, exactly. And getting guys to play 
the best they can because that's how they do it. Right. And it's not under a real pressurized situation. Exactly. Now, for the most part in your coaching career, other than your stint with the Mets, um, you spent in the AL NL West, right. West Coast guy. Um, were were you nervous at all about coming to a new division, a new side of the country, spring training in Florida? Was was there anything that kind of gave you a little bit of pause, or were you are you pretty much been gung ho from the start? No, gung ho, gung ho, okay. because um, number one, I was with the Mets, like you said, right, and, right. I, and I experienced Florida. But my whole playing career, yeah, except for one spring, I spent in in Florida. Oh, okay. So I was used to so Florida. Used to it, yep. I have no issue with it, and my <laughs> kids are pretty much. Uh, they're all gone. In co- at okay. least my la- my my youngest is in college. Okay. So it wasn't as bad. That's why I went back mm-hmm. after the Mets to, mm-hmm. to Oakland so I could be back there more. Now, do you do anything, um, you know, in terms of prep for the season um, because it is kind of a new division for you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you focusing on the NL East a little bit more, like, um, to try to learn and try not maybe catch up a little bit or, um, you know, because it is a new division right. for you. Yeah. Right. Well, luckily, last year in the uh, – the, being in the AL West mm-hmm. with Oakland, we played the – the NL, NL East. Oh, okay, an interleague play. Okay, so, that helps. so I nice. got a good, good uh, look at everybody, mm-hmm. including the Nats. Right. <laughs> um, so that helps. And then, yeah, you're exactly right. You mm-hmm. have to, as we start playing these right. games, and when the rosters start to come right. together, um, we'll, we'll, we as a coach, mm-hmm. coaching staff, will really look at right. each, each team and try to break it down. Going back to your Oakland days, at, at a fan event this offseason, Sean Doodle absolutely raved about you. <laughs> and uh, he was so excited to bring you on to the staff. A lot of great things to say about your relationship. I guess what what has it been like coaching Sean or being with Sean in Oakland and then here and kind of what makes your relationship to make him that excited? What makes it so special? <laughs> well, it, it was great because in Oakland, remember, he was a position player. He right. was a good position oh, yeah. player, and he just could not stay healthy. Yeah. So the organization was really, really good about changing him mm-hmm. over. And mm-hmm. his first year of pitching, you know, we had him in the right. big leagues. Yeah. He came to the big leagues and was a big part of us winning the division. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was incredible. And, and – you know, just like Matson, same way. Yeah. These guys care so much about their teammates. They mm-hmm. care so much about winning and doing the right things. Right. And when you have kids like that on and off the right. field, it just makes it so much fun. Mm-hmm. So, and we have a lot of those guys here. And now, kind of along those same lines, how do you get to know, as kind of the the new guy in air right. quotes, how do you get to know the sixty one guys we have yeah, in camp? You just talk to them. Yeah. Communicate. You joke around. Mm-hmm. See how much, how how far you can push it with some guys. Right. You know, some guys. <laughs> you learn that pretty quickly. Some guys you look at and they seem a little bit, you know, they they don't. But really, just you just try to loosen them mm-hmm. up and and uh, you know learn a little bit. And as we move on here through spring training, mm-hmm. David's gonna have some family right. events. Mm-hmm. Bring bring the families out for some breakfast and lunch, right. and we'll get to meet them. And cool. I think that's one thing we forget about. These guys have a whole life. Yeah, man. Not just this. <laughs> um, so tell fans a little bit about um, your role as bench coach. Um, you know, kind of what's your process like now in spring training? And then uh, have you and Davey, like, talked about what he's kind of wants out of you or what you want from him uh, going forward in the spring? Right. I, I think the the, big, the biggest thing we talk about at bench coach is, is just supporting the manager. Right. And whenever he needs, whatever, at any moment, right. you're there for him. Uh, advice, obviously, on a pitch-by-pitch basis. Right. You know, you got to be close to him. Um, like I said, I'll be doing the running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, he'll, you know, be there in case right. he, hey, pick here, pick mm-hmm. there pitch out mm-hmm. you know I, he might want something that i don't see right that's that's what we're together mm-hmm. for but the biggest thing our relationship it's which is a little different because he's he's done what i've done for a long time right he's ready to manage mm-hmm. and i just have to and i've done it now for, mm-hmm. I, I manage in arizona for right. two years so i know some of the things he's going to run into whether it's with the media right <laughs> <laughs> or it's just certain things in games mm-hmm. that as a manager there's times when you're, you you know you haven't done it mm-hmm. for a while you forget so right. I just have to keep be be right there next to him to know that and 
it's great because anywhere else I've been, I've always handled the infield, mm -hmm. and we have great infield guy in Tim Bogar. Right. So that's a something I don't have to worry about, right. and I can really focus on Davey. Does that kind of include easing tension in big moments? And was there any ever a time as your, during your managerial right. career where like, you know, your bench coach kind of you know took the pressure off a little bit and yeah, eased your tension? I, th I, th I think that's a good point. I think you do. Um, you know, what he's <laughs> he's ultra relaxed. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> he gets fired up about things in the right. game. And I'll probably have to, you know, bring him back mm -hmm. because the one thing I learned, uh, you know, bench coaching for Bob Melvin in, in Oakland was mm. I always tell him, listen, we need you. Yeah. We need you in the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind managing it if the, right. the manager gets thrown <laughs> out, but it's very important that the manager stays in the game. And um, mm -hmm. there's times in the game where you just you're obviously upset. Right. And you just kind of maybe, you know, talk him mm -hmm. off that that step and just get him back. Cool. Um, so now we'll fast forward a little bit to opening day in the first month of the season or so and. Um, and we'll get you out of here on this, but you know, you visited DC as as a, an opponent, and and hopefully we'll have some downtime in April and May where right. you get um, to know the city a little bit more. Is, is there anything your go to in DC that you did as an opponent, or um, anything you're looking forward to do in terms of exploring or, or right. seeing new things? Well, I, I'm ex extremely excited. I, I'm very proud to to you know wear the curly W mm -hmm. in Washington. I think it was way too long a team not being right. in our nation's capital, mm -hmm. and it's really cool. It's one of our favorite cities to go to. My wife um, has not been very much there. Oh, nice. My kids. My, I have one son that's in law school mm -hmm. right now at uh, Penn. Okay. And he's going to be living with us and working. Um, oh, that's great. Working in D.C. for the summer. Nice. So we're going to do a lot of exploring. Mm -hmm. We're going nice. to go to all the monuments. We're going right. to do, do the White House, everything. Great. So uh, we're, we're very excited about it. All right. Well, I know fans are excited to have you uh, wearing the Curly W. and and part of this staff. So, uh, again, I appreciate the time this afternoon and um, look forward to working with you this season. Thank you. And welcome back to the Curly W Live studios uh, here at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. I am joined now by Nationals pitching coach Derek Lilliquist after our uh, game on Tuesday afternoon here at the Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. So, uh, Derek, thank you for taking a few moments to join the podcast. No problem, Kyle. Uh, what we talk a lot about on this podcast is kind of preparation and, um, you know, career path and things like that. So um, I want to kind of take you back to Winterfest. When we met you for the first time, we talked to you a lot about joining the organization. Um, you know, you met with the media, you got to see the fans, you got to meet a lot of your fellow coaches. But, um, you know, from then until when you reported to spring training earlier this month, or in February, I should say, what, what went into your preparation for the season? First and foremost was getting to talk with uh, getting to talk with the pitchers and starting that line of communication to uh, build relationships and uh, um, finding out where they're at in their throwing programs and how many times they've been on the mound and and then uh, devising the uh, attack for uh, spring training. Now, are you a, a phone call guy? Are you a texter? Are you an emailer? What's your What's your best mode of communication? Uh, <laughs> I I can text. I'm not. An emoji guy. No? <laughs> no. Um, but I, I prefer the uh, hearing each other's voices. Right. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good lead into spring training. Good, good. Another group of folks that you kind of had to get to learn to know um, was the fellow coaching staff. Because everyone's new except for Bobby, obviously. And how did you as a group kind of get to know each other once you finally met face-to-face? -face? Were there a lot of phone calls between you guys during that time, or did you kind of just wait till you got to spring training? Well, even before uh, Winterfest, we did have a coaches get together uh, down here, and mm -hmm. we met here for a couple of days, and um, everybody, you know, we went out to dinner a couple of times, and um, everybody uh, sat around and chit chatted, mm -hmm. and everybody got to know each other, and 
Um, yeah, then in Winterfest, we pretty much did the same. Mm-hmm. Got to meet the fans, the the electricity of the fans. It was a great experience. Did you have any um, prior experience on the same staff or uh, any experience whatsoever with the any of the um, staff? Uh, no, just basically uh, competing against them right. across the field. So you got to know Davey Martinez in that in that manner, I guess, through all your years with the Cardinals and then with the Cubs. Exactly, and then uh, Chip Hale, he was in Arizona mm-hmm. and going through there. And uh, so I want to kind of take you back now a little bit to your younger days. Went to high school in Florida, and then eventually to the uh, University of Georgia. Who were you a fan of growing up? Um, I wasn't a, a really a fan of teams. Mm-hmm. I, I had favorites that I liked to follow, but mm-hmm. never really a team. Once I got to uh, um, once I was in Athens and um, saw the um, people with the relentless with Braves mm-hmm. gear at that time, um, it was a it was a cool thing to go from Athens to Atlanta. Did you get any um, flack for being a, a Florida guy and going to Georgia? No, I, as a matter of fact, uh, I didn't. But um, Georgia it was after me my junior mm-hmm. year, and um, um, I. They were going to let me play both ways, mm-hmm. so I got to hit, and that was the big decision for me that I was going to get to do come both. in and play do and both. do both. Were you a um, a multi-sport athlete growing up, or was it just baseball for you? Um, baseball, I mean, statistically, I, that was my <laughs> only sport, yeah. but I mean, I I played tennis, I did mm-hmm. a lot of things, so yeah, did some football, mm-hmm. but baseball is my deal. Now, you mentioned a little bit, but you go to, you go to Georgia, have a great career there. And they get drafted by the Braves. Well, you, I know you said you developed some some affinity a little bit for the Braves as you saw the the Braves gear. Um, was it any more special about getting drafted by them and then eventually making your debut with them with the team? You kind of, you know, you stayed in state. You went to Georgia, um, and, and then you were drafted by the Braves. Is there anything special about that? Yeah, it's it's a it's a great feeling to mm-hmm. stay in state. And then uh, actually, there was an, another Georgia player mm-hmm. that was drafted in the first round as well. Okay, and so we both. Both he went to St. Louis and mm. I went to oh no Atlanta. <coughs> to Atlanta. But no, it, it was special because uh, the proximity between right. the two cities and staying in state and um, it was it was really a cool thing. And the uh, the young starters that mm-hmm. they had coming in with uh, Smoltz right. and Glavin, Pete Smith, mm-hmm. Tommy Green, and myself at that time. Nice. How much did you learn from those guys? I mean, obviously the staff was great and and we all know their story. But were you kind of like a fly in the wall, or did you try to? You, learn as much as you can from those guys yeah i mean uh even guys today they it's uh, they learn more from their peers than mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. um but my my guy in the uh, atlanta organization that probably helped me the most was leo mazzoni mm-hmm. and he he was uh he was a good pitching coach he's fiery yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's fiery but uh, uh he got the most out of his players now you have a, a, a really good major league career um what kind of made you transition into coaching and were there any coaches that inspired you along the way that kind of um, you realized you wanted to do it after your playing career um whole host of pitching coaches mm-hmm. I draw from them every day mm-hmm. and even guys that when I was coaching in big leagues I draw mm-hmm. from their coaching styles um so I in the end it's a blend of a lot of things mm-hmm. and uh um sitting at, at home and always playing baseball, always mm-hmm. having that routine, always being in a, a season and right. a stickler for the schedule. To not have it anymore <laughs> right. is really tough. So once my kids got a little older, I decided that uh, 
uh, it'd be a great, a good career choice mm -hmm. to uh, get back in the game. Uh, do you remember the first time you met Dave Martinez? Uh, officially? Yeah. <laughs> Did I you mean, play I against? Did, yeah, yeah we, played against yeah, each other. I think he took me deep on. Oh, that really? One, yeah. Oh, all right. I'll, I might have to look that up. Maybe get the audio or. Uh, she probably struck him out more than he took you deep, though, right? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll I, I don't know about striking out. I think I got him out. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll find those stats for sure. Um, now coming into camp, now we have thirty-two pitchers in camp, and obviously you're new. The group's kind of been together for for a good time, a good amount of time. What do you do when you finally get your hands on these guys to get to know them and their routines and um, how they go about their business? Yeah, it's it's just about the communication mm -hmm. and trust and uh, watching what they do and and uh, giving them the work that's ahead of them, a lot of them in the innings, mm -hmm. and, and getting them on a regular schedule. Right. And it's just a, it's a blend of a lot of things. How much do the um, catchers play a role in that? Because the one thing when, when I watch the bullpens in the beginning of the spring, they throw their 25 or 60 pitches, you know, like Max. Um, there's always a conversation between the catcher and the pitcher instantly. Like they get together in the middle of the diamond and they talk for a couple minutes each. Do you kind of then – ask the catchers or pitchers what they're talking about or are you all three of you pretty much on the same page with what's being discussed yeah no we always uh filter in with mm -hmm. the guys and uh um give them uh what they liked what mm -hmm. they need to work on what they saw um just just instant feedback mm -hmm. on, the, on the work of the day now as we move closer to the season i know it's a little bit different here because we play so many division opponents so many times but how do you go about kind of learning the NL East? Um, you've been with the Cardinals for 16 seasons, their organization, so you don't have a pretty good idea of the Central. But um, the East, what what goes into your prep as we get closer to the season? Well, I have I have seen them quite a bit, right? And uh, um, you know, along with the analytical staff right. and, and the information they got, meld with what I see and um, the history I have with the. Uh, with the East, um, we've formulated a plan to um, attack hitters with the, any pitcher's uh, given strength. Mm -hmm. So do you – or I should say, you you pitched in pretty much every role um, in your career, starter, reliever, you get a good amount of saves too. Um, do you think that helps you relate well to the staff as a whole? I believe so because that's uh, – yeah, I've, I've experienced and I can't say that I've seen it all right? because you see something new every day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in, in terms of um, pitching in all the ro all the roles, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I know what it's like. Right, exactly. I know what it's like to have seven days right. off and say you're starting. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> as a reliever. Right, exactly. So mound visits. I think everyone is kind of curious what goes on with the, between the pitching coach and the pitcher, catcher, uh, the infielders. Um, do you remember, or do you have any good stories about any like you know either intense moments on? on the mound during a mound visit and kind of what do you do to ease those tensions a little bit are you a joke teller are you just remain focused directly what's what's your uh kind of idea of, of what you do on mound visits well it boils down to what what is going mm -hmm. what is going on and you you want to try to prevent damage mm -hmm. and not react to the damage okay um and then in terms of is it is he being affected emotionally or is his mechanics mm -hmm. slipping? Right. So you're basically taking all this and, and melding into a plan of attack, mm -hmm. which is first and foremost, get, can't worry about what has happened and right. be prepared for this next pitch. Okay. Do you have any uh, instances of kind of funny mound visits where 
um, you know, you go out there, you maybe want to be intense, but something lightens the mood or, or any moment you can think of throughout your career maybe? Well, I can give you a story when I was pitching. That, <laughs> uh, I was pitching and uh, Charlie Manuel was my manager. Uh-oh. And <clears throat> we, had a, we had a short bullpen that day, and I told him I, I would give him 200 pitches mm. if he needed it. So <clears throat> I'm out there pitching. It's like the third inning, and there other other teams hitting mm-hmm. gap balls. Outfielders running all over <laughs> the place, and Charlie comes out, and I'm like, Charlie, I'm okay. I can I can get this done for you. He goes, I know you can, but I need to change my outfielders. <laughs> oh, geez, they're too tired. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting tired, and their arms are sore. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, it's, I feel like Charlie. I never got to meet him, but I feel like he he was just full of one-liners and zingers, and um, was probably pretty good at lighting the mood at times when when yeah. the, it got real, a little crazy. Real person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when we finally do get some off time in D.C., is there anything you're looking forward to doing or anything you wish – anything you like to do maybe as a visitor that you want to do again or something you kind of are looking forward to maybe trying for the first time? Um, I'm – I don't know about trying something for the first time, but I, I do love to fish. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm sure that there's uh, some good places mm-hmm. there on the rivers and uh, love to love to get away, maybe, maybe some golf here and mm-hmm. there, but – do like to fish good good well we got the chesapeake bay not too far away where there's uh, striped bass everywhere so absolutely uh we'll look forward to maybe doing that one day this uh season so uh thank you uh derek for uh, spending some time with us this afternoon and uh again appreciate the time thanks again to chip and derek for joining us it was a uh, a long day here at the 15 ballpark at the palm beaches uh, the staff had some early morning meetings and then we played a pretty long game against the houston astros this afternoon so um I, again, I appreciate them spending the time uh, with me for this episode. Uh, and for the record, uh, Derek Lilquist mentioned um, his matchups with Davey Martinez in their careers. Uh, Davey was actually 0-for-1 in his career against Derek Lilquist, so I'm glad we could um, figure that all out with the help of BaseballReference.com. Uh, so like we always say, we like your feedback, so please tweet at me, at Kyle Brostowitz or at Nationals. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, which you can find it by searching Curly W Live, as you know. And be sure to subscribe to the blog, Curly W Live, which is curlyw.emmablogs.com. So like I said in the open, we're going to do some episodes where we uh, meet the coaching staff, uh, spend some time with them for future episodes, and we're also going to return to our All-Star Game series. So next up on that list will be the 1962 All-Star Game. So like I said, be on the lookout for those episodes. It should be a lot of fun. So... Uh, Thanks again for listening, Nationals fans. We will see you next time on the Curly W Live podcast.